Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, the In The Clear NRL podcast. We're heading into round 11 of the NRL season this week. I'm Connor Hickey and I have Chris Bullos here. Hey, Connor. And Paul Roberts back this week. G'day, fellas. We uh, we didn't miss you last week, Paul. Um, Thanks, buddy. I'd also like to say that you're a fantastic boss, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch yourself. <laughs> Good save. Um, so look, this podcast is made by ACM, which is a division of Fairfax Media. We're heading into round 11, as I said. Let's get on with it. What do you guys want to talk about from the weekend? Oh, mate, I just want to talk about that Super Saturday from the weekend and how important momentum is in the NRL these days. Like all three games on Saturday, teams had their chances, were clear at half time, and then in the second half, teams just overran them. It just... It shows that teams are close in the NRL. There's not much between them. I mean, if you can get you can grab a hold of the momentum, you can go on and win games. Like, especially the the Penrith Warriors game. I don't know if, I don't know, boys, if you saw it, but that, at oh, half yeah. time, the Warriors were just they could have been ahead by more. They probably should have been ahead by more. And then the second half, once they were ahead with 20 minutes to go, they scored four tries in the first 15 minutes yeah, of the second really. half. It just it just goes to show that the teams are so close that once you grab the hold of the momentum, very hard to stop. You know the teams coming from you know stopping yeah. that momentum. Was that the difference? Do you think half a football saved the coach's life? Oh, it, because they booed them off. Penrith was a cacophony of boos as they walked off at half time. If they lose that game like 40, 44 to ten, Griffin's in big trouble. Yeah, They're in what, massive trouble. He was in massive trouble. They, you know, I think he could ride on the money. I think he was in massive trouble. Fox um, Fox Sports would have been pretty happy with those three games. They had um, Penrith Warriors and they had Gold Coast Melbourne. Storm. And what was the the final one? The um, Manly, Manly Brisbane game. Brisbane, that's right, yeah. So all three like good good solid games of footy, like very exciting. So they, they'd be pretty happy. I imagine their ratings would have been quite high for Saturday. Yeah, and that's where you want to go, Manly Brisbane, that game. Yeah, I do. I just want to talk about the inflexibility of the, of the rules. Um... That um, David Mead, let's start off with David Mead's tackle on, on Turbo Tom. Um, ball bounces, he comes, cuts his legs from under him. Dangerous tackle, rules say it's okay. Um, well, you know, uh, it, that's BS. It's got to be, it's a dangerous tackle. We've got to have more flexibility in those rules. The NRL is an inflexible beast. They can't make calls on the run. They, they seem unable to. My thought is we need to change rules as they come up. Now, the, the problem is, I heard Aaron Woods this morning talking about, he says that it should be okay to continue the current law that it's okay to tackle on that second bounce because he said players will take advantage of it. Yeah. Now, that's the problem. Players taking advantage of it, much like the Cherry Evans dive when Sam Thiday blew a kiss at him, whatever he did, <laughs> and, and Cherry Evans bounced on two legs and popped up like Zeppity from Magic Roundabout from, from years gone by. It was comical. We, we need common sense in these rules that says that is a dive, not go back to this outside shoulder BS again and say, but the rule states that was a dive and should have been seen as a dive, called as a dive, and David Mead's tackle should be should have been called as a dangerous tackle. Both bring the game into disrepute. Boys, thoughts? They try the NRL tries so hard to make everything black and white. When rugby league is far from black and white, it's the darkest shade of grey possible. There's agree one hundred percent with the the Cherry Evans one. It's 
the shepherds, you know, whether they catch it on the inside shoulder, outside shoulder, that sort of thing, running around the back. If no one's obstructed, make the call. You know, I think they're trying to set rules in stone. If they're worried about the lifting tackles, if the player's in a dangerous position, it's a penalty. In this case, he was in a dangerous position, it's a penalty. There's no, there's no, nothing to say that you know, ball bounces once, twice, three times, ten times. If someone's in a dangerous position, it should be a penalty regardless of the rule sets. Uh, I actually dis- I disagree with you about the Cherry Evans thing, uh, and I somewhat disagree with you with the David Mean thing. I, the obstruction rule is a good rule as it is now, and do you guys remember how awful it used to be? Like, you surely remember every time there was an obstruction or a potential obstruction going up to the video ref, and it could have been anything. Anything could have happened. No one knew what the rule was. No one knew. The players didn't. The coaches didn't. I don't think the refs did. It was literally just whoever was was in the box that day, did he think it was an obstruction, yes or no? You know, the on-field ref was getting contradicted by the the guy upstairs. It was a complete farce. I think sometimes there's a few blokes get hard done by. Sam Thine, look, I didn't actually see this game, so I didn't see this particular incident, but it sounds like Sam Thine got a bit hard done by. Tough. The, The game's better off in the long run. And for the majority of calls, because of um, because of the way the rules are now, I know. Yeah, look, guys are going to get, you know, you're going to get a tough call every now and then. But I think most of the time, they get it right. And yeah. and and fans. And do you know what? Even if you think it's a bit of a tough call, it's consistent. It's always consistent. They always call it consistently. There's no. There's never any head scratches thinking, oh, how they call that? But then two weeks ago, my team got got done on a similar thing. They don't have that anymore. Yeah, I think that's half the problem. The referee. I think it's the, all the calls for obstruction should stay on the field. They shouldn't go upstairs for the ref. If you if the ref see it on the field and said obstruction, it's obstruction. If if you want to send everything upstairs, they should only. I think they shouldn't use the video ref for obstruction. That's just my opinion. Connor, you're a Canberra boy, right? Yeah. Okay. You you weren't at the Cube nightclub with the the Warriors <laughs> boys the other uh, the other morning, were you? Because fair dinkum, um, that Sam Thiday thing is is a joke. Cherry Evans is a joke. Yeah, but it's for a one-off it. joke. It's no, no, a one-off. But, it's not like but, this is happening every week. It, well, hang on. And a minute. it used to be happening we're, every we're week. Getting, it was a joke every we're week. getting reports now that um, that um, um, we're handing over from we're handing over Logie Awards each week mm-hmm. to the next person. Now, Paul Gallen apparently had the Logie Award for oh. his dive. Mm-hmm. Now it's being handed back over. To, to Cherry Evans. Now that's bringing the game into disrepute. You know some of the some of the the former hard men of this hard men of this game and those who have played it will be turning over in their graves thinking this is becoming a bloody joke, and we've forever hated the diving of soccer, oh, yeah. and really hated it. And that was one of the the manly things about this game that 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 brought us apart from that game. We hate it. We hate that diving. Love the game of soccer, but hate that diving. Now, we've got to get rid of it. Oh, I don't think... That, my main concern is that players will find a way to manipulate the rules. So if you if Cherry Evans got away with it, you, you, I'd bet you 100% that this week, a halfback on that you know three in from the wing, if that happens again and someone runs through, as soon as he gets feels a little bit of contact, he will dive. You take that all out of the equation if you say common sense, there's no obstruction to try. It's there's just I don't understand how they try and complicate things. You run a play, it's well, they, a try. but they haven't complicated it. They've made it really black and white and just said this is the rule. The the attacking team's got to got to get around it. I mean, look, like I'm not saying that that Sam Thiday didn't get get a hard 
hardcore. But yeah. it, we used to have a fast every single, like four four times a game, you know, there'd be bad calls every single game. If there's only bad calls according to the rules, that's what I was saying. There needs to be a bit of flexibility brought into yeah. the rules. Uh, I, that's that's I, I really like it. And I think, uh, yeah, I wow, think wait, sometimes if, people get, get, um, it, get pinged for if, it If that but. happens on that big game in whenever it is this year, October, is yeah. it early October this year again? Um, if that same thing happens to decide a grand final... It will become a bloody laughing stock, and, Actually, and I, it will be a I joke. Disagree again, because grand finals aren't decided on one call. You got eighty minutes of football, oh. but but People they are no no, but they are remembered on one call. No. Yeah. No. So this is about protecting the game. We need to make a move now. The NRM needs to make a move now. Not wait until the end of the season. Not wait until they all get together with the coaches, because the coaches aren't the best judges. We need to get. A decision made now, get it out of the game and move on. Now the other one, um, I think you could maybe, I don't necessarily know if you can change the rule to say, because like, I think people are right, people will take advantage of that rule with the, the second bounce or the, the first bounce. What you could do I think is maybe bring in a rule and just say look in certain situations the referee has discretion to award a penalty even though there's no necessarily uh, for foul play. But, but don't like they that. already? That's yeah. a, it's a dangerous tackle. Yeah. It's it's a leg chop. It, it's a dangerous tackle. So it's as dangerous as picking somebody up and perhaps ploughing their head into the ground because taking their legs out puts them off centre and they can fall in any which way. And often they're falling from two and a half metres in the air, Yeah, well, which my, is the most dangerous My point. concern is he's fell on his legs. What if he's fallen on his head? Yeah. And that's a, what, what, yeah. what happens if he's done his leg? It's, like, it's a completely different situation than Alex McKinnon thing. But if you if he's clipped under his legs, he's fallen on his head and he gets seriously injured, yeah. then we're not even having this discussion because they've changed the rule already. They've changed the rule already. So why do they even put themselves in the position to let this happen Get rid of it now. And again, you, you, Connie, you say you want discretion. Referees should have discretion. Obstruction, players are all different types of things. Yeah, I, think, I, I think there's no... I think the issue that... I think the thing that people are worried about is if you start allowing the... You can jump after one bounce. Well, players are going to jump up for something. That, obviously, this ball went really high in the air, mm. and that's why you jumped for it. But players are going to start jumping for things that are at their knees, and then not, not being, and the other team's not going to be allowed to tackle them because they're taking... Like, taking advantage of a rule. That's that common sense that needs to be brought back into the game though. Because we shouldn't be we shouldn't be dictated to by black and white rules. It should be at the discretion of a sensible referee. But you know the problem with common sense is that like if it was so common everybody would make the same decision. Yeah, look But that's what common means though. Um, and like I, I've actually got a big bugbear about that common sense. But I mean seriously like People say common sense, but I mean, every man and his dog has a different opinion on certain calls. Now, maybe the Sam Thide one isn't a good example of it, but you look at any issue in rugby league over the past 10 years, and there's going to be some people that think it, you know, be on one side of the fence and some people that sit on the other. And and both of them are better saying, wouldn't you just have a bit of common sense and, and go the other way? Well, I'll throw this back to you. I don't agree with that in that these two instances, if you asked 100 rugby league supporters unless somebody's just being a pain in the backside 100 out of 100 would say that the cherry evans took it off and also that was a dangerous tackle by david Mead. now those who didn't didn't either see the incidents or are just being pains in the backside so 100 out of 100 
is a fair determination that we should change those rules. Yeah. We could talk about this all day. Connor, what's stuck with you from the weekend? Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about the NRL buy schedule. Um, I just think it's a bit odd that... Te- so, in re- so we talk on origin here. So in round 12, all the teams play, but all the origin players are out. Then you, they, play, they always play origin, and then they go and have most of the team. I think in round 13, two teams have a bye. So there's seven games. And in that round 13, all the origin players back up. Now, we keep hearing about how origin players are getting fatigued. And I think it's ridiculous that a player should be playing a game two days after they played origin. Now, some you know coaches will try and manage their minutes and stuff and maybe get them off the bench if they're a guy that um, normally plays 80 minutes, particularly the forwards. But I, I don't... I, I feel like why don't you make the major buy round round 13 after the origin? So you only have four teams playing as opposed to... Um, well, sorry, you only have four games as opposed to seven. The origin players miss week 12 anyway. They're all in camp, so it doesn't matter for them. You should have that round 12 when all the players are in camp as a f- full game, a full, you know, sorry, not a full game, like, you know, full round... Um, no one's worried about players getting fatigued. And then in week 13, you should have the buys so that only half the origin players are backing up and it's a smaller number that are, you know, we're worried about being fatigued. Thoughts? Oh, I just, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, if there was a perfect system, I think that would have organised. Also, if it's, you had the buys in round 13, you wouldn't have like f- probably Friday or Saturday night games. Maybe like one Saturday night game and the rest Sunday just yeah. because, you know, like two days after an Origin game, like, it's it's ridiculous. Well, although they do say backing up two days after is better than backing up four days after. Yeah. It's it's tough. It's Who knows what the right situation is. I, I'm really going to enjoy this round because after this round, the NRL sort of goes into hibernation for seven or eight weeks. It's It takes the back burner. But... In terms of your point, I, I it, it's it's got some merit. I think I think it's changed. I think it's it's hard because there's no real right or wrong. It's very hard to say what's right, what's wrong. It's you know, if it was up to me, I'd shut down the comp for a few weeks and have origins. But that's just yeah, me. yeah. Look, when when you were going through that and explaining it there, Connor, my head was spinning, mm-hmm. and and there's been a lot of a lot of effort put into getting the schedule right. We spend zillions of dollars on this um, on this method to to build a brilliant draw, and it's not. You know, the only fair draw is every team playing the other team, all of that type of thing. There is no perfect answer to this. Um, Maybe you're right. Maybe it's partially right. I have no idea. I'm sort of on that side of let's shut down the comp. But obviously that can't happen because it's a business. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So obviously Um, they're not going to do that. Well, I mean, they might in in the end. But, um, you know, for the meantime... I actually floated this idea a few years ago on, on that sports website, The Raw, and people said the same thing you did, Connor, my head spinning after reading that. And I don't know, like, it just makes sense to me. You basically, regardless of going, th- you know, don't have to go through it again, but you're going to have the round after Origin where less games have been played and only a smaller number of Origin players are backing up. Like, it seems to be, you know, if you want to talk about common sense, that to me is common sense because fatigue is a massive issue in the game. You hear players talk about it all the time. Uh, I'm a big NFL fan. It's... It's a conversation happening right now where in the NFL you have most games are played on Sunday, American time, and then they have a Thursday night game, and a lot of the players don't like it because they're all so tired from playing on Sunday, even though it's five days later. It, you know, it sort of doesn't sound like a lot to the average person, but when you're you know, constantly getting contacted by some of the you know, hardest human beings on the planet, 
every week, it like it, it adds up. And five day, even a five day turnaround isn't really like you know very good. We've seen the, the NRL try to abolish that this year for the exact same reason, fatigue. It's it's quite hard. And when really like State of Origin is probably the biggest game. If, you know, forget international football. Like State of Origin, from everything that any players ever said, you know, I've obviously never played it. It's the the biggest game of your life, really. And you're playing, you know, you're backing up two days later. I just don't get it. Yeah, I'd like to see what, you know, the double header on Saturday worked sensation Suncorp. I'd like to see during the origin rounds to try and bring some fans to the game. Make a double, make a few double, even those four games, have them all at the same ground. Have them all on a Sunday or a Monday even and give them as much time to recover yeah. as possible. Have them all at one ground. You know, I don't know, I know they've got TV and that sort of thing around it and they probably won't never happen, but... Yeah, they need to generate some interest around club football around origin time. And, you know, I know in England they do the magic weekend. They have all the games at one ground for, uh, for Saturday and Sunday. They need to do something to generate interest in the NRL games because after this week, it sort of sits on the back burner. So I think it's, you know, in, in terms of player burnout, coaches should be managing that, like you said before. I, I'd imagine they'd manage yeah, their player burnout. You know, they do. They try to do it, you but would at the same think, time, yeah. the NRL could maybe help them out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think change. it needs to yeah, do a, a minor amendment to the schedule. There's no perfect um, solution. There's a, yeah, it's a square peg. In, uh, I tell say. you, I, if, if they're not going to change a simple diving rule, <laughs> they are not going to go into the complex world of scheduling. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to happen, guys. There's a lot of things that they'll throw up as, as um, reasons for it. And there'll be TV schedules. There'll be money. I would say TV and it's is a, probably the, it, the main it, It's answer. a commercial game. We know that. So I wouldn't be holding my breath for in that the, one, Connor. In the too oh, hard not. basket, I think. I'm not. But yeah, definitely too too hard basket, unfortunately. Um, look, let's move on to the games. Um, the Sharks are playing the Cowboys on Thursday night. Um, I'm going to tip the Sharks. I assume you guys are going to tip the Sharks as well. Yeah, I think um, Thurston has travelled, but I don't think he's going to play. So I, I, the the Cowboys were really good last week. I thought they got the jump and they you know, managed to. Michael Morgan was great last week against the Bulldogs, but I, I can't say the Sharks. You know, losing I think the Sharks are a better team than the Bulldogs. Safe to say. Safe to say, but I, the Sharks haven't been playing well. Even they they got the points last week against St George. They, they, I think they've got the most errors, most penalties given away. They've been scraping wins together based on their defence and. You know, I'm just waiting for them to click. Everyone's just waiting for Cronulla to click. If they can hold the ball and you know, you know, and don't give away penalties, they should win. But you know, they haven't been playing well, Cronulla. Yeah, the Sharks were pathetic against the Dragons last week in that first half. Mm. They made so many errors. They couldn't hold the ball for six. Couldn't mm. hold it for four, to be honest. Um, they should have won that game quite easily, to be honest. And and rather than it turning into a controversial win at the back end. Um, they're a lot better than that. Um, I don't think um, um, JT will play. I'm expecting, I've highlighted James Maloney. I've been pretty disappointed with him. If he's going to be the 5'8 for the Blues, um, I think he needs to step up. I think he needs to control the game with Chad Townsend, um, show a little bit more structure there. I think if they do that, they'll win the Sharks for me. Um, the next game, Friday night, Warriors uh, v. the Dragons over at Waikato. So, uh, I guess the Warriors, because the Dragons have got so many injuries, but, I mean, the Dragons are still have been pretty competitive despite um, missing a couple of their top-tier top players. No, I haven't got anything highlighted, but if I was to highlight someone, Paul Vaughan, unbelievable. He's yeah. just carrying St. George on his back. <laughs> if he's if he's not in the New South Wales team, I will, you know, I heard Sterlo, I heard Sterlo during the week saying that he's not going to be. Like, he's, he's, he won't probably play game one. I just can't say, he's, you know, St. George last so he's week. He's one of the selectors. So yeah, well, that's know. right. That's why he's, he's one of the advisors. So, I, 
the Dragons are gutsy. They're gritty against Cronulla. They just don't have the points in them, I don't think, at this stage. Without Dugan and... And, and Widdip, Widdip, yeah. They've got no points in them. Yeah, the Warriors, if one half were great last week. I don't know. If they can put together 80 minutes, they should be out. They should have too many points for St. George. All right, boys. One, <laughs> of, one of the few times I'm going to back those Dragons. Yeah. Um, if you've ever been to Hamilton, um, it's a good place to get out of. Um, the the Warriors have, and apologies to my New Zealand family, um, the Warriors are 0 and 3 at um, Waikato Stadium, which is at Hamilton there. They are 12, um, 1 of 13 against, sorry, 1 win of thir- last 13 against the Dragons. Really? Um, the Dragons are their bogey team. For whatever reason, I know Widdop and I know Dugan are missing. I don't have any faith in the Warriors, as you know, and yeah. nor should any of Nor us, should anyone, yeah. Um, no. After that second half display last week at, at Penrith, I just think um, they haven't got Simon Mannering, they haven't got Solomon Carter, who I who I um, think are, are really stabilising influences and dangerous players. Yeah, Carter's um, good. Yeah, he's a great player. And I think the Dragons, because they've been playing well, they haven't been dipping like a lot of teams. They've been playing at a good standard. And if they play it at a good standard, 80, 85% of what they can play at, I think they'll I think they'll get the Warriors again. I'm glad you mentioned Simon Mannering, because if he was there last week, they win. He's just that calming influence. And without him, you know, they looked a bit rattled, even though he you know, he makes 50 tackles, 15 hit-ups. You know, just that, he's very calming for that team. And with a lot of you know flashy top players, he's the one guy they can always bank on to do the job. And if the Warriors are up for the game, they win. But as you said, St. George will come out and you know what you're going to get from them. So it is a safe tip. I just think the Warriors, you know, with they will be seething from last week. It can either go one or two ways. You know, they, if, if, they, if, they, if they bounce back, you know, get the big talk to, they could come out and blow St. George off the park. But, it, you know, if it's nil all after 20 minutes, I think St. George will win. Let me ask you this. Would you put your house... Uh, no, let me change that. Would you put your back shed on the Warriors? I wouldn't put two cents on the Warriors, but I'll, I wouldn't be touching this game. But I'll, the only thing I'll say is that if the Warriors, the first 20 minutes will decide the game. So if it can be nil all after 20 minutes, I think St. George can grind them into the ground. If the Warriors start fast... I think they'll, they'll win. Uh, we'll move on. Broncos uh, v Tigers. Broncos um, getting a tough win there up against Manly after going down early in the game. Uh, I'll be tipping the Broncos. I think I think the, you know, the Tigers just aren't going to have enough firepower. The Broncos are playing fantastic. They're up at Suncorp again. Um, I wonder if those... T- I mean, I know Manly and the Storm probably got paid a lot of money to take those games up there, but both the Queensland teams won. Certainly, one was a massive upset in the Titans getting over the Storm. Like, I, I wonder if they they'll regret that coming in. Well, actually, the Storm probably won't because they've got too many wins. But I'm a glad, team like Manly might. I'm glad you deflected it from the game because this game's gonna be a stinker. I think Broncos yeah. by plenty. It's, Bron- yeah, yeah, Broncos. The Tigers. The Tigers were disgusting last week. They were. They didn't. I. I'll say this. I think they have to play better than what they did last week. And Luke and Mitchell Moses Broncos going or the Tigers. Tigers. Tigers be better than that. They have to be because you know no Mitchell Moses is a, probably a good thing for him. His heart was in it. Tedesco last week. He on that performance last week. He probably shouldn't be the New South Wales fullback. He just was. That has seemed not interested in the game. And Woods is back early. You know I, I don't know how he came back so early from a hamstring injury. Um, you know. James Roberts comes back to Brisbane. Yeah, you know, I can only see a big win for Brisbane. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the Mitch Moses being released is a good thing for the Tigers. You, you referred to that, Chris. Um, I think they'll be in it for the first half. I think they'll they'll buck in and and try to 
try to pull the pants down of the of the Bronx, but I think the Bronx class will will prevail. Um, look, the game is it, it favours the Broncos. Just getting back to the double headers and everything favours Queensland teams. The game favours Queensland in that it needs to bring them on you know, on board and, and a successful, it used to be a successful South or a successful Saints mean, means a successful competition. Now it's a successful Queensland mm. because without Queensland, um, this game dips somewhat. So so Absolutely, the NRL yeah. really does favour the Broncos and anything Queensland. Um, I mean, you only have to look as far as a, a full Queensland um, a, a full Queensland TV show on Fox. <laughs> My God, I haven't watched it yet. I've watched five minutes and, and turned it off pretty well, damn it's quickly. Not meant for us. No, no, from, that's right. Maybe from south of the border. Isn't that, it? That's right. But the game is very defensive and and um of of queensland um i think it should in some ways it should be like it's it's clearly queenslanders are passionate about their sports i I don't really have a problem with it having said that though it does kind of frustrate me that the broncos get a seven day turnaround nearly every week of the competition and if we're talking about fatigue that's actually a massive it is a big advantage it is is a big advantage um but i you know that's that's a tv thing as well with with that in mind i'll force i'll force myself to watch this but the broncos should just win yeah. yeah, especially with Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt's a chance to come back too, so they're only going to get stronger. Although they haven't, you know, Cody Nikarima's done a good job there. He as has well. done a good I job. Have they lost since he's been out? No, sure. he's, they've, they've been competitive every game. I'd, yeah, I just, I'm just trying to look through one through seventeen both teams. I can't see a West Tigers player that would actually make the Brisbane team, except for maybe Aaron Woods. You know, but he's playing on one leg, I assume, trying to push Origin there and Tedesco. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, so we'll go on to Saturday, the Titans v the Seagulls. Um, this would have been a cracker game if Tom Trebojevic was in it. I'm sure it'll still be a half-decent one, but um, we, we've been robbed of, of one of the better players of the, of the competition at the moment. So, look, I'll, um, look, I'll, I'll go the Titans. They, they'll be pretty stoked after that win against the Storm. Um, and, look, I, you know, I've been a Titans faithful all year, as anybody who's listened to this would have known, but... Um, I think they're I think they're a really good team, and injuries have been the problem with them, not not necessarily form. So I think the Titans will get a, get over Manly. I'm going to talk in absolute paradoxes in the next thirty seconds because it, this is a seemingly seeming contradiction for me. Um, Dale Copley's back, or, or Dale Copley's been promoted. Um, Pulu's been promoted to the starting side. Um, both are great players. Um, Pulu, as you know, far now, family for me, for, and is headed to the Warriors next year. So, I, and after a great win, a, a really unexpected and, and great win against Melbourne, I'm going to go and go the Sea Eagles without Turbo Tom because I have a lot of time for the Sea Eagles and I have a lot of faith in them coming back. And I don't know. I still real big question mark on the Titans for me. Yeah, so, really? yeah, I, I, it's it's a paradox for me. I have no faith in this tip. I just think the Sea Eagles <laughs> will come up and knock them over at home. Oh, I can't see that. I yeah, can't see I that. Can't I, see I, I, the only reason I say that, I think Tom is such a big player in that team because not only is he a big player, but his combination with his brother is massive as well. So you don't only lose Tom, but you lose that combination with Jake. Um, I think. Dylan Walker's been very quiet the last few weeks. He would need to bring in his A game plus to, to knock him over. But having said that, he'll be lined up against Jared Haynes. That's a that's a interesting matchup for Origin selections. 
Jared Wallace and Ryan James have been carrying this team all year. If they get half, of, if they let, if they set the platform up front, I think Ash Taylor will, you know, be. Too, I think they'll, I think they'll have too many points in the Titans at home. Just on Tommy Turbo, I mean, he, I think we all agree he probably would have got a wing or, or center spot in the New South Wales team somewhere. Agreed. I think he's on that left Pro- wing, probably wing. Yep. Yeah, who who comes in for him? Well, they were throwing up Latrell Mitchell last year, you know, the other day. I don't I, know how I, you can throw him up. I don't understand how you, you got can throw dropped him three up. weeks ago. Yeah, like. I don't know. It's it it is a concern. I think it's a big concern on that left wing. I think they might they might have to go back to Hayne to throw. The wing is such a pivotal spot in Origin. Not only yeah, you have to, really? not only do you have to defuse bombs. It's about reading defence and carries back from yeah, you know, carries back. back. Like, um, Brent, Brent Tate of, of years past, like just he was so so great bringing the ball back. He he was fantastic and like you. Like you'd need that in the game because it's all about like the forwards and stuff. So I, um, yeah, I, you'd think Hayne probably have to be on the wing now. Well, he was my on my wing Jack, anyway. Jack, so. Bird, Jack Bird might be in the centres now on the other side, or yeah, I think Jack Bird or um, Walker will be fine for the yeah, centre Walker. spot. Or yeah, well they reckon it. Well, Dugan will be out. Or I'm not sure with Dugan's there. Yeah, I think they'll go Hayne and and I hate to say it, but Blake Ferguson. I think Hayne, yeah, I think Ferguson. I, I think those two. I know in watching a couple of Roosters games the past few weeks, Ferguson has been looking for the ball every set. He he's he was often actually taking um taking the second hit up after a lot of a lot of restarts and stuff as well. So he's obviously he obviously thinks that he's in with a chance and well he's and off he's off contract too. So he's looking for a, he's looking he, for a yeah, new right. deal yeah. too. So yeah. he, I think he'll be on one wing. He's been playing he, he hasn't been playing well for Roosters as yeah, such, but Australian form was good and he, he I think he'll one he's of those come back in the, the last few weeks agreed. Yeah. Um next game is the Eels at home taking on the, the Raiders who who were uh, belted by the Knights last week. It was um, pretty embarrassing for the Raiders. Um, and good on the Knights for, for getting a win against the Raiders. You know, a lot, when Josh Papali got, um, got sat down by the Raiders, a lot of people said it's basically a buy for them because it's against the Knights, and the Knights proved them wrong. Good on them. I think this is the classic dead cat bounce game of the, of the round in that Raiders um, embarrassed last week by a good Knights team. Um, Papali comes back. Um, Raiders, or, although the, it's an ANZ, um, Sticky will not be happy with them. He'll have them up for it. Um, I can't see the Raiders losing this. Famous last words, I know, but um, I'm all for the national capital team on this one. Yeah, I'm glad that Ricky Shaw didn't, didn't bag. You know, he didn't say his team was off on Sunday. They, Newcastle was better than them, and I think. Oh, they were, yeah, Newcastle. Newcastle were generally the better team. And I'm glad Ricky Shaw didn't say we we're off our game or anything because Newcastle just played them off their game. But this is a Raiders win and by plenty without Corey Norman. You know that the Parramatta yeah. will be Parramatta. He he base their team revolves around him and what. They were blown off the park last week by the Roosters, so they'll be out to bounce back, especially through the forwards. They'll dominate up front, but you know I can't see them win. It's, it's, Mitchell Moses might come into the team somewhere and you know play, but he doesn't, he'll only have maybe two training sessions at most with them, so they won't have any cohesion around the ruck. You know, Gutherson comes back into the halves with Bevan French going back to fullback, gives them a little bit. They strengthens their spine a little bit, but as you said, dead cat bounce. I think Canberra by plenty. Will they risk Moses playing? I think eventually they'll have to play him to get you know to feel the team. I think I think that might he might play on the bench this week. Come on, have a little you know have, yeah. have a you know maybe twenty or so minutes at the end or just after half time. I can't. You have know, only been in a team for the club for two training sessions. You can't have a you know he, he couldn't possibly have that you know know the calls or anything yeah. around the team. I think or he might get a spot on the bench. Come on for the last twenty or so just because. I think the Raiders will put the cleanest from. 
I think they're going to bounce back. Well, I yeah, mean, we, 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 all, we all say that, but then again, they got beat by the Knights last week. And no, no disrespect to the Knights, but the Knights have won one game from, from 10, 10 rounds before that, and the Raiders really should, should have been able to beat them. I think Leilu and Rapana, a lot of pressure's been Teams focused have on them. them out. But I think Rapana's playing injured for number one. He's, you know, he's injured. And Leilua, they just haven't been on song, and they've been relying on those two for way too long. I think way teams have figured them out. You want, did you watch the game? Yeah, absolutely. The Knights were putting it out every single game. And it was a bit smart bizarre. tactics. Yeah, smart it was a tactics. bit bizarre in some yeah. ways. But yeah, it's smart because the Raiders get so much of their um, go forward off the back of Jordan Rapana returning the ball and then Joseph Leilua being in his back pocket for that entire, you know, for, yeah. for the entire game and it, yeah it's it's really smart and it was it was I thought it was it was a bit weird watching it like they were sort of within the, the, the 10 and putting it dead as opposed to putting in an attacking kick but I mean obviously it paid off and Manly did it a few weeks ago as well and I think you'll see a lot more teams doing it just putting the ball dead as opposed to, to putting in a kick downfield and, and letting Rapana run it back um, yeah, look, I think just let's remember if, if the Raiders don't win a game like this after being beaten by the cellar dwellers last week, are they I think, a fair dinkum contender? Right yeah. Well, Caesar and Austin, a lot of pre- that, like they they wanted to be top, they, they finished second last year. They had high hopes this year. Caesar and Austin have to take control of the team and say, listen, we're going we're going to control yeah. the team. At the moment, they're not doing that, and they're just not. They're just they're forwards, you know. They should. They got the forward pack there. I think they underestimated how much uh, Josh Papali losing him would cost the team. He's been outstanding this year. Um, but yeah, with him back, I think they should. Have they, yeah, the Raiders made a lot of errors as well at the weekend. I, I think if you, there's um, there's an American NFL guy um, called Bill Simmons who often uses the term if if you play that game ten times over, I think the Raiders probably would have won it maybe seven or eight times out of ten. But um, you know, we obviously aren't in a world where that happens, and they they lost. But you watched, they made a lot of errors. Um, and I think in another week, a lot of those sweeping backline moves, which were bungled because of drops and stuff, would come off and they'd put, put 40 on the Knights. Um, but let's move on to the Knights um, playing the Panthers. Um, Knights are at home. I suppose, like, I'll tip the Panthers, but I mean, not with any, any conviction. You'd have to think that the Panthers will be up, up for it after been embarrassed in the first half last week obviously they got the win in the end but they were not good in the first half if you asked me in halftime of the game I would have said Newcastle yeah. by plenty but I think two things happened the Knights winning will give them a boost but I think it'll be hard they'll be there on a high I think, I think they'll be hard to they've struggled to put back to back efforts together in Newcastle so I think they'll, they'll struggle to put that Penrith have they found have they found the formula I don't know if, they, if they've unlocked you know if they've found their mojo Penrith could make a real run in the next six weeks. So I think they've got the points in them. They've got, you know, Isaiah Yo was outstanding last week. He was, you know, they've got the edge back rollers, they've got the forwards, they've got the backs, they've got everything there. If they've unlocked, you know, the key you know, to, you know, they get Mansell back, I think, after next round, you know, things are starting to fall into place. But this is a game they have to win if they want to have any thoughts of playing in the finals. It's an interesting one. It, it's um, If the Panthers go in with that mindset of, wasn't that a last great last 40 minutes we played? Um, they'll get done. Newcastle is not a team to roll over. Warriors are a team to roll over. Yeah, now, I think that's fair but enough. By, by playing that um, showmanship type of football that the Panthers did in that second half against the Warriors, it can work. It, and it did work. Well, that's what worked for them last year as well. But, that was just... but if you play that type of game against the Knights this year, um, 
Brownie's got them playing very structured football, very tight and tidy and hard football. They're going to come up against a, a tight and tidy and hard team in that first 40 minutes. They're going to have to ground it out for 40 minutes and then see where they're up to. It's going to be an interesting first 40. And if the Knights can hang with them, I'm not going to tip them, but if the Knights can hang with them, it's going to be a close game. Yeah, Daniel Saifidi last week for Newcastle, I'm not sure if it was outstanding. He carried the Knights fullback. He made over 200 metres through the middle. You know, he, he gained a lot from playing from Fiji the week before. That's one benefit of Rep Brown. He's been great. The Panthers have to earn the right to go wide. If they don't earn the right, if they don't do the hard stuff in the middle, they won't win. But I think I think they would learn. I think last week really shocked them into action. I think I would have thought they got shocked a long time ago. But I think I think this could be the turning point for the Panther season. Rightio. Uh, next game. This is on Sunday. Uh, Bulldogs versus the Roosters. I'm tipping the Roosters. They're um, they're looking good. The Bulldogs. Yeah, I, just, I don't know what to make of them this year. They, they've got they've got a team that on paper should be pretty good, but the just. Yeah, the dogs were disappointing. Let's face it, they, they're up and They've been down. Disappointing all season. Um, I heard Aidan Tolman speaking this morning, um, and you know he's having trouble putting his finger on it. They just, um, you know, they they they're looking and feeling good at training, so they're saying. But when it comes to opening whistle, it's just not been put together. I can't see them beating the Roosters. The Roosters, if they get on that roll, um, that was one of the most clinical. Um, they, they're quick, they're fast, they're hard, um, and they're big. And they rolled right over the Eels last weekend. Yeah, and they and, and they smashed them. And they didn't let up. They had the foot on the throat and kept going. Yeah. And I was yeah. really impressed with them. And, um, you know, if you said to me, um, let's have the grand final now, it's it's Melbourne Roosters. So yeah. that's how much faith I've got in the Roosters at the moment. So yeah. Roosters for me. The Bulldogs just got no points in them. I don't know what it is about their structure of their team. They've just got no points yeah. in them. Will Hoppawati gives them that. He's the only one that takes the ball to the line and they look dangerous when he has the ball in his hand. But they've just got no points in them. And the added kicker on, on top of everything you said, Paul, is that the Roosters, you know, Dylan Napa, Mitchell Pearce, you know, uh, Latrell Mitchell potentially, Daniel Tupo and Ferguson, they're all playing for Origin Jumpers. They're, they've got the added bonus of if they have big games, you know, they're pushing for Origin Jumpers and you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if you know, they, they just blow them off the park again like they did Parramatta. Yeah, I, I think the, the Roosters should win this game pretty easily. Um, so let's go to the last game of the round. This is over in Perth actually. The Rabbitohs taking on the Storm. Um, so the Storm have had to take a home game up to, to to Brisbane, and then now they're going all the way over to Perth um, the following week. So um, I think I'll I'll be tipping the Storm. They, you know, yeah. look regardless of what happened last week, they they put thirty six points on the Titans and lost. Craig Bellamy won't be happy, but I think that's you know if you're a Storm supporter, I wouldn't be too concerned. Yeah, I was I was at a Mother's Day thing on Saturday night, and once Melbourne got back in the lead, I thought there was no chance in the world that they could lose. So I, I left and come back, and I was shocked that they all, they were, they let up two late tries. Melbourne's defence, well, they're, they're leading the comp still by you know they've still got to lead the comp, but their yeah, defence is a worry. Like they're letting in a lot of points, but they still got the they still got the. They've still their attack is still finding ways to score and get them out of trouble, but Souths were good last week. I thought Souths were really improved. I think Souths have got a, a good combination there. Sam Burgess starting to find some form, which is really good for them. But I just can't see them having the you know. The, the, I think their form was you know they played the Tigers, so I think there it was a bit you know. Yeah. Win what do you make of that? Yeah. It was a bit hard to judge their run of form line through them. 
I think Melbourne. I think I think Craig Bellamy alluded to in the press conference that he was going to give him a few extra training sessions. <laughs> I think they'll be. Um, I think they'll be primed, and yeah, I'll, they'll come back with the two points from Perth. Yeah, I think this game's all about Melbourne. South um, were okay um, and won. This is about Melbourne. Bellamy would have given them and literally sprayed them <laughs> as he does. Um, they they fell in. They were enamoured by their own play in that first half. They, it was a circus act yeah. part of that game and their big three were putting on circus-like performances and moves and it was terrific to see. How they lost that game is beyond me. Oh. It, it really is beyond me. Melbourne won't lose again, certainly not against South. Um, Melbourne by plenty. As long as, as long as there's... Um, and South have played over there and it's been a, a lake over there before, but <laughs> as long as the weather's OK, Melbourne should win win and win well. Especially with Origin around the corner. They would have banked this win for sure. So, um, yes, definitely. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for that. We'll catch you next week. If you want to follow us on iTunes, In The Clear NRL Podcast, um, if you want to tell me that I'm an idiot, as I say every week, uh, on Twitter, at Connor J Hickey. Um, otherwise we'll catch you next week see you guys enjoy the we can, we can do that for you Connor thanks guys